We are live. We are. Michael, Hi. good morning. Good morning. Um, sorry, that was my music. Um, my name is Charles Epting from HR Harmer in New York City. I'm Michael Cortese of Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And this is Conversations with Philatelists. Uh, Michael, we're doing a live stream on Monday, which is unusual. Very and, unusual. Uh, What's not unusual is that it's Labor Day, a uh, federal holiday, and you and I are not uh, necessarily taking the day off. We are uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we are live streaming and doing other stuff, but but we're doing this from home, which is fun. Uh, you know, our our um, not our usual environment for a show like this, and I'm really excited for today's live stream because you and I have been really busy the last couple yeah. of weeks and months. Um, we're both gearing up for some really big things. And I think we're both at a point where we can kind of show things off to the world now. So I, I'm, I'm excited for us to be able to bounce yeah. back and forth on, on, you know, what we've been working on. So uh, this was your suggestion at first. I absolutely love the idea, but I feel like this is one of the first auctions that you've worked on where I've seen the entire process from you talking about the consignment, getting the consignment. Uh, yeah, I, I literally rem I remember like calling you from the airport the day yeah. that I flew to pick it up. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and, 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 you know, for you, this is exciting because it's your first auction, you know, yeah. uh, I'll <laughs> no, let you do exactly. more explaining I, about that, but, but, yeah. but in, in, you know, pure, uh, uh, you know, auction terms, this is, this is a, a brand new direction for Noble Spirit. And mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see what you've been working on as well, because um it's been fun. You know, I remember when you first sort of hatched the idea. I was sitting on your couch, and uh, you were just sort of trying to explain it. And now you've got, you know, a, a finished, yeah. more more or less finished. Four days it goes live, right? Um, yeah, on the tenth, uh, the first item start posting. So why don't you go ahead and explain what you've got, and then uh, show us some things? I'm going to sit back yeah. and uh, be a be a viewer. Absolutely. So for this episode, what we're going to do is it's just going to be an auction preview, something that we've never really done before i'm going to talk about the first two auctions really and and yeah they we hold auctions all the time but i explain it to people these are the first two auctions we're holding um so i'm gonna kind of explain what that means for ebay what that means for us and then charles will run us through the uh five auctions that uh i'll briefly <laughs> yeah we won't, it won't okay. take as long as it's don't worry um, uh, but, right. but, we, and, but yeah. and we should mention up front as well, if you are listening to this, once we post the audio later today, mm -hmm. um, we, we, what we're talking about will sound really cool, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but, but we'll, we will be screen sharing. We'll be screen sharing. So it'll be a lot more impressive if you can actually see it. So um, yeah. if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or something, we highly recommend that you don't. <laughs> Just <laughs> for this episode saying. and some of the others. Yes. Um, perfect. So we've talked about this a little bit on the last live stream, what this this auction actually is for us, for Noble Spirit. So essentially what we're doing is we've created a software about three years ago that allows us to list on eBay. But now we've kind of altered the software a little bit that allows us to post items in advance to a... Um, a website that's not restricted by user access. So it's a public website, just like any other auction catalog would. Uh, we don't have the capability to download PDFs like other auction catalogs do. Um, but it's a hosted website on our servers that preview 
items, just like a traditional auction. So this allows us to create the eBay listings, schedule them, enter in the descriptions, take the photos and allows people to see what the eBay listing will look like before it goes live and we can launch actual catalogs of completed collections. So the first one we're running is a first day cover collection from a gentleman in Denver, Colorado. Um, nameless, simply just the Denver first day cover collection. It, uh, it, it includes first day covers starting in the late 20s up to um, more, I'd, I'd wanna say the 60s. A lot of hand-painted, a lot of Crosby, a lot of Flugel. Um, DW nap, Fleetwood nap, not, I don't think there are any actual full hand-painted naps in there, but it's a lot of um, Melissa Fox, things like that, and some, some early uses for um, more scarce towns to, for the, for the covers and, and with APS and certificates and some nice uh, multi, multi-use first day covers. So I will show, I'll start the screen sharing process here. And we're going to come in here. Can you see? I can see my screen. Okay. So wait, what does it say for you actually? Uh, it says, I see Noble Spirit, No Reserve, WP, Superb US 776 to 56B. Of dash 56B, Rossler, mm, Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I see what I did. So, sorry, can take you to I the I can top. read the rest of them if you want to. <laughs> That's fine. So, this is what the catalog essentially looks like. If you go to our website, you can see the two <coughs> upcoming auctions we have here, the Denver collection of first day covers with a featured item here. And then we have later the Dr. Sarath Reddy collection of British and World, um, October 4th to 7th. And this is September uh, in just a few weeks. So these are the items for eBay. The first few um, here kind of show the early 20s. They've got the Scott numbers, pairs, catalog values. When you get deeper into the collection, there starts to get some larger descriptions on the items. But I'll show some of just, a, I think I picked out two, four, six, seven items to, uh, to highlight. So essentially what happens for our catalog is you can click either on the photo and scroll through the photos like so. Or if you click directly on the link here, it brings you opens up in another page. The, the description for eBay, this is exactly what the eBay description will look like. So this is a C3 bottom margin uh, single paired with a, uh, looks like three cent imperf Washington um, on a first flight, first trip, May 15th, 1918. So these, we've spoken a little bit about them before, Charles. I mean, the, there's a tiny bit of they're not essentially first day covers, um, but a lot first, more has been know. written about this than we can discuss on a live <laughs> stream this morning. Uh, but yeah, yes, exactly. Basically, yeah, the, the, these early airmails are basically measured in terms of uh, which flight they were on rather than which day they were issued. Right, right. So this is just an item I picked out in the beginning because I, I always do tend to like these. 
the the C1 through C6 first flights. I actually I don't. Was it C2 that doesn't have one? I believe. So. Either way, yeah. Um, so nicely tied. Uh, obviously some some damage when opening up the 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 contents, looking for the contents, but. But I picked this cover in the first place because I, I really like these, these early airmail ones. Then you just click away from that. and You can see here on this page also, it tells you the starting price. Because these items aren't live, the starting price is the current price. The list date, so exactly September 14th, 2021 at 7.04, this item will go live on eBay. Uh, and September 24th at 7.04, it will end. So what I liked about this catalog that we built is right now, if you click on this, it brings you to the description of the item and shows you the template. But once the item is live on eBay, if you click on this, it brings you to the actual eBay page where you can bid on the item. Uh, description here, it shows you the duration, page count, and bid count. So we've done that one. And then this is the... Uh, ever popular Zeppelin, Zeppelin first flights, uh, first day covers. So this one is from, uh, looks like it's from DC to New York. You can see the, uh, kind of transatlantic round the, round the world Pan American flight that it took. And these are always quite, quite popular. You can see on the back the New York hand stamp first day. Oh, I'm sorry. Did that say New Jersey? Yes, Lakers, Lakers New Jersey. Not, yeah, Lakers, New Jersey. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Zeppelins are always popular. I picked this one uh, to highlight also. The next one. So I found these interesting because before starting these first day covers before starting this collection, I, I did not look into early first day covers at all. So I wasn't really, I knew early 20s had some good and, and late, you know, uh, teens had some good first day covers, but I didn't really know before researching them that there were individual postmarks from specific towns that made them more valuable than others, kind of like we, we talked to um, Cameron Blevins about uh, the, the, the book put together about the different postmarks and how frequently the, the towns used mail and everything like that. So I had no idea that some of these first day covers can vary from $100 to $2,000, depending specifically on where it was postmarked where the where the first day cover came from and i think it's worth noting that these are listed in the scott catalog in the first yes. day cover section which is behind yeah. the regular issues it tells you you know you know a stamp may have been issued in seven cities on the same day and it will tell you the various prices for mm -hmm. each of those cities so yeah typically with these fourth bureaus the washington dc cancel is the most common first day cover Right. And the various cities where they were simultaneously issued uh, are typically scarcer. So yeah, San Francisco on the uh, 20 cent Golden Gate stamp is much better than, I, I believe it's the Washington one that's more common. Yeah, yeah. The, and for a lot of these, exactly like you said, there were multiples and it would vary in price depending on where it was issued. So 
this one, I learned a lot about first day covers more than I, uh, more than I ever thought I would putting this collection together, this, this, um, this auction. So it came, came with a PF certificate from 98 single San Francisco, May, 1923 machine cancel on locally addressed cover. Um, genuine usage, small surface scrape at the bottom, um, cover with small repairs at the top. So it's, you know, there's not much to it when you look at it, but it's still kind of demands that catalog value. All of these items, especially for the first day covers are starting at, um, at 99 cents, like our traditional auctions. So we're not going, we haven't gone in and, and tried to um, determine the, the actual price of these items at, at the request of the consigner. Um, he thinks the, the market is, is still it, as, as strong as it has been <laughs> for first day covers in the past few years. Um, so I, the market really hasn't changed within the last, I don't think I'll put up number five, five years probably on first day covers of this age. Um, Kansas, Nebraska sets, always popular. You were gonna, you immediately opened your mouth. <laughs> okay, can I interrupt really quick? Yes, please. When you say first day covers of this age, I, I think it's, it's um, significant to point out that this type of first day cover collecting is very mm -hmm. different than people who signed up for an art craft or a postal commemorative oh, society yeah. subscription through the city. So, so people hear first day covers and they think one thing, um, there's a mm -hmm. lot of great cachet artists out there still, you know, the, the, so first day covers means different things to different people, I would say. Yeah. So yeah, yeah the people who are, who are buying a, a fourth bureau 20 cent or a Kansas, Nebraska set them. It, it, it's, um, it's a very different market, you know, cause we get people mm -hmm. who call up and say, I've got a thousand first day covers and I have to tell yeah. them they're worth <laughs> maybe a nickel a piece if, if we're yeah. lucky. Um, this, this market of the, the classic stuff, the pre 19, 35 stuff I would say is is much yeah. stronger than the oh, more yeah. modern first day cover market so I don't want people to get confused when you say ah the first day cover market's doing great and then somebody's mm -hmm. got their um you know their art master yeah uh five <laughs> yeah. set or whatever so so I, I agree with you that, that the the market for classic pre-35 first day covers is mm -hmm. is holding very strong and specific artists thereafter but yeah, I just wanted right, to right. make that differentiation. Yeah, that's a uh, fantastic differentiation because um, because that's why the consigner felt so confident in auctioning these items, kind of, and letting the market decide the price on them because they are so, you know, sought after, especially items like this. I think I highlighted, this is the Nebraska set. I think I pulled up um, the Kansas set later did I yeah they, we got a matching Kansas set to go with it so things like this um you, you know this this consigner this collector who'd put this collection together was really interested in having every single stamp from a run from 19 I think 25 onwards as within reason of course from 1925 onwards every single stamp on first day cover um so as you look through the catalog, it really does go, um, with the exception of the airmail, in Scott number here, um, 551 to six, uh, 557 combo, 533 
553 pair, 556, 557, 559. So it really does go, he tried to collect absolutely every single Scott number on first day cover. But here I picked out these two because uh, ever popular Kansas, Nebraska sets, I thought it was, I actually hadn't seen a full Kansas or a full Nebraska set on first day cover before. So I thought these were really interesting items to pull out. Separate lots, of course. Um, and then I picked, oops, sorry, two more. This one isn't necessarily an incredibly valuable cover, but I always really liked this specific Crosby um, cachet there. He, I think he had two or three different cachets that, that were made for the uh, 906. And um, this, this one was always my favorite. So not particularly a valuable cover. I think this is just a $20 cover. Um, but for people who don't know, Crosby would uh, yeah. affix a, a small photograph. That's a real photo. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. not, not a, uh, but, but, but it's, it's glossy on photo paper that mm -hmm. he would add. He also did a lot of naval covers where he'd put a picture of mm -hmm. the ship. Um, but if you haven't seen a Crosby cover, that is actually a small uh, uh, photograph adhered to the, affixed to the cover. Yeah. And then later on, um, there were actually people who kind of copied his style that weren't necessarily, they weren't Crosby covers. They were, I forget the name of the, some of the, the, the people who did it, but there were some it that look like popular this. popular style that he pioneered. Yeah, that, that, that aren't actual Crosby covers. So you got to look out for those. Um, not every single cover that looks like this is a Crosby. It's just kind of somewhat on some of the earlier ones. And then the final one I picked just looked like a nice design. <laughs> Another hand-painted cover. Um, so again, not tremendously valuable, but I thought this was a really nice, um, you know, Boston to Chicago hand-painted first day cover. I don't recognize that artist's name. Is that Henry? Yeah, Henry Hand, um, A.O. Henry Hand-painted. So, do you yeah. know if A.O. Henry was uh, working contemporaneously or it, it says add-on? Do you know when this was done? I don't. I don't, honestly. And, and um, the, uh, the consigner mostly just identified the items uh, after Scott number and, and sometimes would put in the Quentin Malone. But... Um, Interesting. It looks like that because he was doing first day covers into the 80s and 90s. So it look, looks like that was an add on. It's very well done, though. Yeah, very, very well done. I just, you know, really liked it. So again, to explain to people, because this is a sort of a novel concept for eBay, they can view mm -hmm. these lots now? Mm -hmm. 100%. If you type in to your URL here, I can show you exactly noblespirit.com slash Denver FDC. It brings you directly to the Denver collection of first day covers. 735 lots, start, is, start date on when the items list is September 10th at 6 p.m. The items stop listing September 14th, but the items end on September 24th. That's just when the items will be listed. So yeah. Um, you can so, either go to noblespirit.com or just type that URL in. 
And and again, even though it's an auction auction, this is the the listings themselves are still traditional eBay auctions where they end yeah. at a fixed time. It's not where yeah. you know because a lot of people get confused. If somebody bids, does that extend the time or does is it? But but once they go live, then they just become eBay auctions. Yes. And yeah. If once they go an live, eBay auction, you know exactly what you're doing. Then yeah. the, the real yeah. benefit here is that they're all collected in one place, and you can view yeah. them before they go live. Yeah, exactly. We've tried to replicate this process in the past or, or tried to come up with something like this in the past where we would, um, if we have a collection, typically it would be Scott International albums that are part of one lot, but they were too big to be one collection. We'd, we would take time and we would generate the description ahead of time and create the eBay listings before actually posting them and then edit the descriptions to say this is one collection. So that was kind of our, in the past, I want to say like 10, 10 years ago, our makeshift way of collecting uh, a bunch of listings and trying to attribute them to one collection. Whereas now we can actually, if we have a collection, the first day covers British, US, anything, put it and accumulate it in one page where people can say, okay, I know this came from this consigner. So, he, so you're, you're simultaneously doing justice to the consigner by yeah. presenting the material in an attractive way, but you're also helping. If somebody's a first day cover collector, they may yeah. just be looking for uh, 559. I'm looking at what you've got up on your screen mm -hmm. right now. Um, yeah. And they see that and they bid on it, but they might not think to click on view other items in your store or right. further. This way, if you are a first day cover collector, um, it, it, if you're a first day cover collector, uh, the it Chinese resistance. A captive audience. I can search here for 906 in the title and hit search. Um, and then before the items are on eBay. And it shows you the 559 first day cover stuff? And it shows you the 559 first day cover. Hold on one second. This should be working. Okay. Not entirely accurate because as you saw before, we had other 906. Items. Try 559. Well, this is cool, Michael. <laughs> um, it will take a second to load. No, I'm, I'm I think it's kidding. simultaneously my internet and the fact that I'm doing way too much on my laptop at uh, one time, a laptop that was not built for this. But it is, a, it is searchable. So type in 559, 906, C18, C13, C14, C15. Or just browse them all. I have more. Or just browse them all. I, mean, yeah, I don't like looking. When I'm looking for something in particular, I like looking at everything so that I can get distracted and find other things that I don't need. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I look forward to just browsing and browsing and browsing and uh, maybe even uh, placing a couple of bids myself. Yeah, I, uh, th there were a bunch of... Um, NRAs on first day cover. I sent I sent you a photos of those when they came on it. Yep. Well, I don't want to I don't want to tip my hand though. No, I don't want to let people know oh, what I'm being on. So so eventually this did work. 559. So you type in 559, it brought up every single item with 559 in the title. There's just 559s on cover. And those are them right there. That probably took a while to load because my uh, computer is being taxed right now. But title search like that so do you want to do the next one or do you want me to move on to the british material 
move on to the British material, and I'm going to uh, okay. look at 732s on uh, Double Shirt. <laughs> uh, no, move, please go. go um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The British um, no catalogs match your filter. Um, okay. So the, the British stuff. Yeah, I'm um, one second. Okay. Okay, so I will share my screen once more. So this is the uh, British collection. This one I was really excited for. We essentially put this catalog, this this capability of ours, we put it together for collections like this. The first day cover collection came in, we said, brilliant. Uh, we weren't even expecting uh, it to be as complete as it was. Let's make a catalog out of it. Um, but we built the catalog for collections of this caliber um, because traditionally eBay, you know, even if you do a 10 day auction, it, it doesn't have the lead time that's, that's needed for, materials such as this. So we will be um, incredibly excited to, to launch this auction and to put other auctions like this together. So this uh, is a doctor out of uh, Massachusetts, the Dr. Sarath Reddy collection of British and world. And, and for the past few decades, he's been collecting absolutely everything. He is a tremendous US collection that um, after this British collection is done, he will be consigning um, that, uh, that just has some incredible material. Uh, so this page is our upcoming auctions page again, uh, right here, October 4th to 7th is when the items will be listing. They will be ending October 14th to 17th. Um, there's 283 items in the, uh, in the auction. And then getting into it, it's, it's a lot in the beginning of British material. Uh, Mole readies, the Valentine. We actually saw one of these in Vince King's exhibit. One of these Valentines. Um, so he's got a US, uh, nope, <laughs> Great Britain number one, Penny Black, plate number six. Mm -hmm. um, Mint with original gum with a BPB cert. But I highlighted a, uh, a couple items out of this that I, that I quite liked. Some British, but I tried to incorporate the entire world. First one, I, I'm always, I love seahorses. So this one's just a large margin, one pound seahorse. Um, uh, Scott number 176A. So, I mean, what can be said about these? They're just slight hinging at the top, kind of um, dull marking here. And it looks like it is signed in the bottom right-hand corner here. Sorry about that. <laughs> and yeah, this, it comes on the uh, City Stamp Co. Um, auction sheet, bill sheet. 
for this. Is, so I'm going to quiz you. Who is City Stamp Co.? You know, I honestly, I don't, I don't know. That's Bob Cooperman <laughs> out of Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Um, that one I do not know. Um, I did not reach out to um, to find out who City Stamp Co. was. But if there's ever anything that comes in on a label like this that has any sort of provenance whatsoever, uh, we always try to include as much information as possible to people. Um, so next item, I put these together a while ago, so this is going to be uh, kind of a reminder to me. Oh, yeah. One pound UPU. This is arguably... Um, I've seen people debate it. One of Great Britain's most, most, most beautiful stamps. Um, I, I really like it. Um, and I had never seen, we'd never in person, never got to, um, to handle a block before, let alone a, a corner block uh, with margins. So hinging the selvage, really nice, crisp watermarking. And yeah, I mean, just a beautiful stamp all around. So something like this is the reason why we put this catalog together because the 10 day window on eBay just isn't enough time to auction an item like this. Uh, it, it needs to be advertised, put together in a, in a collection and marketed to the people who are going to be looking for it essentially. Uh, the next item that I picked out, another British item, the uh, uh, 180, Scott number 180, Stanley Gibbons. Okay, I was, I was gonna say that didn't seem like a, seemed too late to be a Scott number. So lovely block of four, again, bold watermarking. And just, again, an item like this, previously I would, I would, if we got it in to our, into Noble Spirit, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable putting in the store with a price on it. I wouldn't feel comfortable auctioning it unless we put together a catalog like this where we can make sure that the right people are seeing it. Um, again, seahorses. So this is on cover to Argentina. Um, 10 shilling seahorse paired with two one shillings. And uh, yeah, I just, I really like seahorses. So this is just a terrific cover, 12 shilling rate to Argentina. From where was it in? Chester, shutting, shuttle Chester. Not sure where that is. Yeah. Great looking cover though. Yeah, yeah, I really, there's, again, they, like some of the first day covers, there's not much to it, but it, you know, it, it's just there. I really like it. It is just there, um, you're right. <laughs> Um, this one I thought was an interesting uh, kind of mixed use cover. So German Zeppelin, but with the uh, the Switzerland um, 
airmail on it. So it's going to, um, sorry. Yeah, I'm just taking this all in Stratusburg, Alsace. Here, reaching that way. Um, yeah, sorry, this is going to make great audio. <clears throat> September 14th, 1930, an impressive hand painted showpiece oversized to Stratusburg and Alsace Lorraine area of France, Edward J.J. Gra um, Grabowski. Signed twice on the obverse and reverse Germany, C38 Switzerland, C3, C4, C5, C13, C4, uh, 14, C18, and C9. So mixed use uh, to, wow. And the, the hand painted that they're talking about is the design around the edges as, as you can kind of see here. Not as vivid as the other hand painted we saw just a little while ago, but still a nice kind of design. Someone must have been bored, hand painted in. Uh, Do you have a copy of there. the Seeger catalog? The, sorry, the, I cut out. The Seeger catalog. No. That's the go-to for Zeppelin flights. I'd be curious if they list uh, something like this in the Seeger catalog. Really? Yeah, it's out of okay. print. It's not easy to track down a copy. Um, <laughs> I don't have one. Bill has one, but I'd be interested to mm -hmm. see if, uh, if this was listed in Seeger and, and what price they'd put on it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that we did not... Um... We did not go to that. I didn't know about that catalog, but this this cover very, was, very few um, people do. It's a shame. <laughs> it's so difficult to get a hold of. Um. So for for Zeppelin flights, just Germany or world? Oh, uh, worldwide. Worldwide. Okay. Yep. Um. Next one. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd never seen a mint one of these. <laughs> Again, working, you know, on comparatively on, on eBay and the auction houses, you know, this kind of material is is nice and you can kind of deal with it in, in the store on eBay, but it's not something that we would auction without the catalog. I feel like it's the third time I've said that now, but this kind of material just really, um, you know, it's, it, it's not something you see on, on eBay. Um, comes with a 1998 certificate, Dreyfus, but it's uh, lovely and and really for this issue, these issues come come really poorly, poorly centered. Um, for this issue, this isn't really that's it's pretty good centering. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how do you pronounce that first name? Do you do you know Elaine, Ellen? Yeah, I think the um, anglicization would be Alan. Alan. <laughs> I'm sure it's pronounced differently in France. I would say Alan. <laughs> Alan Drapus, 1998 certificate, an astounding example, example of a seldom seen of such quality, quite scarce and desirable as such. Um, we put XF centering because, again, this, this centering on this. Depending on the stamp issue. Yeah, for this stamp. I mean, they are always, they always come such, such terribly centered. Um, clear to design all four margins, pristine gum, ultralight hinge mark on the back. Um, again, this stamp picked out because I really like these ones and I'd never handled a mint one before. This Cape of Good Hope. So 
there are other, there's quite a lot of Cape of Good Hope in this collection, uh, in this collection of British material. This is um, by far not the most valuable, valuable one as far as singles go, but it's one of the larger multiples that we've ever handled. Um, so it comes with the Mulroddy Philatelics on card. So previously sold on eBay, uh, eBay Penny Black One, uh, superb mint original gum block of eight with good large, good to large margins. Um, Stanley Gibbons number 20. And you can see the, the hinging on the back. There's quite a lot of it actually there, there, here. And this is one of the few items we decided to scan in first and then take photos of. But um, we just wanted to be able to make sure that, that everybody could see as much of the stamp as possible when, when bidding on an item like this. And that, I think, is the last item out of the, out of, oops, sorry, out of the British material. So again, I can view this catalog yeah, now and I can bid starting October 4th? Yes. Yeah, so some of these items, uh, this is a, that Belfast uh, cancel on the that. five pound orange I sent to you earlier. Some of them might go live October 4th. Most of the British goes live October 4th. Um, uh, Great Britain goes live October 1st. Some of the more British, you see the Canada and the worldwide October 6th and October 5th. This, uh, this one I brought to Chicago, the, uh, the maple leaves on the... Um, I remember it well. Yeah, the Pan American. So this goes live October 6th at 6.16 and ends October 16th at 6.16. So again, yeah, you can go to this catalog now and kind of keep an eye on these items. These bring you to the descriptions now, but when you click on this later, it will bring you to the eBay page for you to actually bid on them. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I will, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. And this is a, a, a philosophy you will presumably continue with in the future when you acquire new collections like this. I assume these won't oh, be yeah. the only two Noble Spirit catalogs. So this is something you're right. going to keep exploring in the future? Yes, this we actually are talking to two other consigners right now about building our next two catalogs. And then we have a catalog of our own material that we've, that we've purchased in the past, um, a really large Germany estate of material that we're going to be putting together. Um, so yeah, this is something that we are going to be advertising to people that we can do. Um, going forward yeah that's fantastic but let's i'm excited to hear about your auction because again like i said before this is one of the ones that i feel like i've i've followed from start to finish here yeah, you so just sent out the catalog to the printer a few days ago i did so i'm going to give a quick rundown of what's going on uh in a couple of weeks that that's all right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start by sharing the internet. Can you see that? Yes. So we have five sales coming up uh, September 30th to October 2nd. Um, five different auction catalogs, but they'll all be held more or less continuously over the course of those 
three days. Um, two of them are exclusively British material. So the first, this one right here, um, is the collection of Dr. Gary B. Nash, who was a UCLA history professor who passed away a couple of weeks ago, um, who spent his entire life collecting uh, all of the British Empire in addition to other things. But uh, this catalog is just his British Commonwealth collection. Um, he was very big into varieties, shade varieties, plate varieties. Uh, there's a lot of great collection lots. We would take out obviously the higher end items and uh, you know leave a mm -hmm. really nice collection of New Zealand or um, you know Kenya, Uganda territory or, or whatnot. So um, that's going to be a really fun sale. The other is the second part of the Bedford collection. We sold right. the first part of the Bedford collection back in April. It was all U.S. and Canada. Uh, the Bedford collection is basically all stuff that was bought at auction uh, over the last five to 10 years. Uh, so it's all material that's been on the market relatively recently, but high end, uh, a lot of high values, high denominations, things like that. So if you go to our website currently for the next couple of hours, uh, you'll see these two catalogs here. Again, Dr. Gary Nash and Bedford. If you click on it, you can find whatever country you want. Let's go to New Zealand, for example. Um, and here you can see all of the New Zealand uh, stamps that are being offered in the sale. So those ones are currently online. Uh, we also have the Alan J. Melville collection of Tristan de Kuna. Um, Tristan is a really interesting part of the world. It's the most remote inhabited island on the planet, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it has had very limited mail service and uh, visitor access um, since the late 19th century. Uh, it didn't get its first postage stamps until the middle of the 20th century. Before that, mail was basically um, tossed onto whatever ship happened to be coming by the island. So if you wanted to write somebody, you had to wait till the next ship would come in and hand them your mail. So mail, especially early mail from Tristan de Kuna, is quite rare. And uh, that'll be a fun catalog as well. But the two things I wanted to talk about really quickly while we're doing this, I'm going to stop sharing and then reshare. Uh, these are also um, sort of, you can see that PDF, right? Yes. These are sort of um, provisional PDF. So don't mind all the printer's marks and any typos you see that will hopefully be fixed um, by the time of the sale. But uh, I will start with our general sale, which sort of spread out over a couple of, um, couple of files here. Um, but, you know, your usual selection of, of U.S. Uh, and foreign and collections. I love that cover Yeah, uh, quite a bit. Um, but this is what our auction catalog looks like, uh, again, in rough form. Um, you know, it goes, goes by issue, obviously, um, through all the U.S. general issues. And then the part of this that I really wanted to highlight is in the second file here. Um, this will have a, a, an introduction and a, a title and everything, but this is the collection of a man named Eli Babcock, who um, is a, a, a very accomplished postal stationery collector. Um, so I, from what I understand, he sold his collection once and then kept certain things and decided to focus on a very limited area. So even though his collection is pretty wide ranging, his love are foreign destinations uh, of U.S., postal stationary envelopes. Mm -hmm. So here you can see he has a lot of the mint uh, star dies. The compound star dies are always popular and attractive and, uh, and I quite like them. The letter sheets, let's get to the 
Get to the exciting stuff really quick. I apologize, my phone's ringing. Um, once you get into the five cent envelopes, five cent was the international UPU rate for many, many years. Uh, so here we have a, a registered cover going to Constantinople. We have a cover going from Baltimore to the Azores. We have covers to South Africa, covers to Java, covers to Curacao, covers to all over the place. Uh, also some gorgeous trial color proofs of the um, hmm. uh, centennial uh, envelope, the first commemorative stamped envelope of the world. Um, some nice ad collars, but again, these foreign destinations. And there's great little group lots as well, used to foreign countries, used to uh, India, Curacao, Japan. Uh, I love this. There's a cover that was sent to Tokyo, Japan, missent to Tabor, Iowa. They misread it and thought that it was a uh, <laughs> little difference between Iowa and Japan, I would say. Before zip um, codes, huh? Ex exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, the, the grant letter sheets are not all that rare. Uh, but here's one used to Kingston, Jamaica, which I think is just wow. a fantastic use of a, of a grant letter sheet uh, to the Caribbean. Um, again, uh, just great uprated envelopes. This one used to Morocco. This one used to uh, a very small town in Chile. Uh, it's a McKeel cover, so it is philatelic, but, but still just a great cover that was, I think, refused and returned uh, and charged 10 cents due. Um, love this Colombian cover. Uh, with wow. the values to the 10 cent complete. That's um, incredible. I mean, just World's Fair slogan. Uh, I'm sorry, World's Fair machine cancel uh, to Vienna. I, again, I just love this stuff. So this is a really exciting collection. Mr. Babcock is also uh, one of the nicest um, consigners I've ever had the pleasure of dealing with. Uh, so this has <laughs> been a real joy to work on this collection. I love this one sent from Shanghai to China. This one sent from Hong Kong to China, U.S. stamped envelopes. Um, right. You know, uh, uh, Honolulu um, uh, to Samoa. So a, an inter-possession use. Um, just gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. And then I do want to highlight a couple of his postal cards really quick, too, if that's okay. Um, I mean, postal cards like this. Yeah. Michael, tell me the rate and the root on that one. Tell me what happened. <laughs> um, just some, some really crazy stuff. This is another one I love to Calcutta. I think I counted 15 different uh, hand stamps on this one, front and back. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got the opera glass. Jeez. You've got the C post. You've got the refused. You've got the Bombay dead letter office. You've got another refused. You've got another C post. Just weird stuff. It's like going a passport. On. It is. It, it absolutely is. That's what it feels like trying to piece this thing yeah. together. Um, I just love it. I love, uh, you know, special deliveries on postal cards. There's even uh, a couple other quick things. I know I'm jumping around. Uh, no, this is perfect. Like crazy here, but I just, I, I get so excited by this stuff. But there's a, there's a wrapper that I wanted to show off because I don't, I don't think about wrappers too often. They're usually mm -hmm. fairly common and fairly inexpensive, but there is a wrapper. Um, it's going to take me a second to find. I apologize. Let me just do this. There it is. That's a wrapper with a special delivery stamp. So a wrapper would have been wrapped around in newspaper or printed matter. 
uh, and was typically <laughs> meant to be cheap and slow, not slow, but, you know, sort of like a third or fourth class rate, not your typical first class rate. Um, whereas this was a wrapper being sent to a ship that was about to depart from Hoboken. So it was, you know, best wishes uh, for the voyage. So it was sent special delivery as a wrapper, which is just a, a bizarre <laughs> combination. It's like an oxymoron. It, it is exactly exactly you know it's it's sort of like a postal card as well if you were going to send something special delivery you'd probably just splurge and pay the first class letter rate rather than a postcard if you were going to send something special delivery you were probably going to send it as a letter as first class mail mm -hmm. so i love that wrapper uh used with the special delivery and then a couple of posts a couple other postcards this one i love i tweeted about this one they try yeah, to yeah. use it by putting a canadian stamp over the u.s postage on the card uh, and the note says, dear sir, we are not allowed to send a U.S. postcard, even if covered by a Canadian stamp. Very truly. And then I assume that's a postmaster or whatnot. So uh, just mm -hmm. bizarre, um, illustrated in a definitive work on early Canadian postcards. Very weird. Um, love, that, love that hand painted uh, postcard yeah. from uh, DPO in... Um, North Dakota. Uh, there's a great illustrated postal card. DPO is dead post office for dead post office. Yes, I apologize. Um, DPO means the post office doesn't exist anymore. Um, the hand drawn of the uh, of the postmaster. Let's see if I can find this one really quick. Ah, this is something that needs to be fixed. This cover to Cairo has a hand-drawn postmaster on the back. A great illustration. So really? that'll uh, that'll have to be have to be fixed. Um, and then possessions. So as when well. you I say fixed, do you mean that you want to show the front too? Yes. Yeah. This catalog yeah, okay. has not gone to the printer or anything yet. So uh, today's actually my last day of doing edits. So this is very instructive for me to figure <laughs> out what needs to be done. Um, but, you know, collections like this allow me to learn a lot about DWI, um, postal mm -hmm. stationery as well, which is something I haven't really handled much of. Um, some great Hawaiian pieces. Uh, this yeah. is the last thing I'll highlight from the Babcock collection. Um, this is a postal card sent October 1895. We are enjoying our home and are still busy with carpenters and others getting settled. Our expected household, most of them are on the other islands, waiting for quarantine to be off. School's not allowed to open. Cholera is so new here that they are taking vigorous measures to stamp it out. Thankfully, it is oh. diminishing, but we are ha without having been more of an epidemic. Business and all else has been quite paralyzed here. Um, very, uh, it shows you that uh, the more that things change, the more they stay the yeah. same. I yeah, that's a, that's phenomenal. I wonder if that will go for more than um, I wonder kind of previously, interest. just because of its current cultural relevance. Well, I do want to mention we also have an exceptional collection, the best we've handled since I've been involved with farmers of disinfected mail going back to the 18th century all the way up oh, through right. uh, the anthrax scare. So literally every yeah. era of, of disinfected mail. But that is all I will uh, mention about uh, the postal stationery because uh, I do want to talk for a few minutes about the James E. Challenger collection of United States postal history front cover shows. Two very pretty covers that you probably couldn't get away with today, uh, putting a political candidate's name uh, in your cancellation device. Um, 
but one of these was during the election, the one on the left, the other one um, was after the election, um, celebrating the victory of Rutherford B. Hayes in 1876. James Challenger was a lawyer out of Chicago, very well known if you Google his name. Um, he collected, uh, going back to I think the 50s and 60s, um, but kept a very low profile, wasn't known by a lot of people, um, but had just a marvelous collection, mainly centered around fancy cancels and Chicago postal history with other things mixed in for good measure. So um, we'll get to this cover later on, but that's one of the- that, That's one I wanted to bring up if you hadn't gotten to it. Waited, yes, I will. I, I read I'm, this. It's an incredible, it's an incredible cover. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, blow through this really quick. Um, again, fancy cancels uh, organized by um, design type. So there's a book uh, published by Skinner and Eno in, I don't even remember what year, I wanna say 1980, um, that, that broke down fancy cancellations by design type. So that was the rubric that I used uh, in my describing. Mm -hmm. So uh, you, know, you see famous things like the West Meriden uh, devil with pitchfork, uh, little running man of New York City. Do you see the running man? Mm -hmm him with his arms uh, you know flailing on either side of him uh, a couple of less fortunate looking um humans if we can if we can call them that um can you, you can see it now right um it's it's all tiny dots i'm just kidding i'm giving uh okay. <laughs> I think I'm overworking. You, you were overworking your computer. I think I'm overworking poor uh, Acrobat on my computer. So uh, let me just get back to where we were. I also think it wants me to stop zooming in and zooming out so rapidly. Um, so yeah, okay, we're into the, the people. Uh, this is a great one. I tweeted about this one as well. The little yes. conquistador, hand-drawn mm -hmm. conquistador, certainly unique and uh, very, very rare. Um, little guy in a coffin. All sorts of weird little designs, pointing hands. That's West Point, Mississippi. So it's mm -hmm. pointing to the West. Yeah. Pretty clever. That's funny. Um, that is Benedict Arnold's leg. Uh, this is another one that I, anybody who's talked to me in the last couple of months has probably heard me talk about this thing. Benedict mm -hmm. Arnold at the Battle of Saratoga, where I was yesterday, um, before he was a traitor, was a, a war hero for the Americans. Um, and he got shot in the leg and they built a monument at Saratoga battlefield for Benedict Arnold's leg. And I, one sec. Um, so the Brattleboro Vermont postmaster created a fancy cancel of Benedict Arnold's leg for some reason, who knows? Um, <laughs> but, uh, a great little, it's the only one on cover. There's three off cover stamps again, uh, rooster. Um, a bird with a peace banner, a dove with a peace banner, a bluebird, um, a cat, a dog, you name it, a deer, a stag, an elephant, a fish, a horse, a mule, a fly, or a bee, um, all sorts of cool stuff. I promise I'll go quicker. Uh, anchors, shields. No, I mean, this is, this is uh, tremendous. So these are highly, highly collectible these fancy cancels. the market I mean, on fancy just... cancels has been extraordinary lately um yeah i think it's one of the strongest markets in all of flattery yeah. right now 
I love this one. I sent you a picture of this one. The postmaster yeah. didn't have a cancellation device. So he thought, you know what? I'm just going to take a two cent coin and mm -hmm. use the coin to impress it on the stamp. The two cent coin was also the first US coin. Do you know what it was the first US coin to do? Um, be discontinued? I don't know. No, no I don't. first US coin to say, in God we trust. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Kind of neat, huh? Yeah. Um, you can verify that later. I may have just made it up. <laughs> um, locks, anvils, axe heads, handcuffs, pitcher from Waterbury, Connecticut. A gorgeous, gorgeous uh, strike of that, even though the cover's um, a bit, bit worn. Uh, the pitcher doesn't usually come that nice. Locks, melons, shields. Uh, I like that. The the eagle of uh, yeah. Corey, Corey PA, yeah. uh, eagle of Woonsocket Falls, Rhode Island, uh, flags, you name it, uh, stars. Um, this is the great, so this is a, a strike we've sold before, the north-south handshake of Worcester, Mass. Mm -hmm. From 1881, so it's the, the north and the south. This is a reconstruction era cancel. Um, that's the, the rarer type one north-south handshake, which I'd never seen before and of which I think only a couple exist. Um, so anyways, great patriotic stuff, a lot of Civil War era. Um, this catalog will be online in the next couple of days if anybody is frustrated by how quickly I'm clicking through it. Um, <laughs> this might get us demonetized. Um, but a couple of KKK-related cancellations. Um, the Klan had a large presence uh okay. unfortunately in many places and many postmasters were clansmen so that's a Klegel mask Klegel being a, a high-ranking clansman i believe so okay. yeah that says kkk just very very unsettling and uh mm -hmm. think about think about that um 185 was the number of electoral votes rutherford b hayes received 100 celebrates the centennial of the country um, a lot of these are just years. So while you were screen sharing, we actually had a question come in. Um, Alan uh, Westfall, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, fancy cancels is so quintessentially US. Do you know of any other territories that employed fancy cancels with such creativity? Did Canada have them? That's a good question. Um, yes, yeah. fancy cancels are, are um, very uniquely American. And I know this because my uh, European colleagues are often quite bemused by what fancy cancels sell for. Because <laughs> uh, in Europe, I, I feel, I, I don't know, maybe this is my impression. Uh, nobody take this the wrong way, but I feel like it's so much more regimented. Like you have your mm. officially issued cancellation device. And with, you know, Bavaria, for example, they're all numbered. And, and yeah. Great Britain as well. And you have your numbered yeah. device and it has to be, standardized it has to be the device yeah and um yeah i can't, america would i mean they didn't really know what they were doing so much no I, more... I i think it plays into our whole you know we, we, yeah. we, you know, a lot of these were i don't want to say the wild west but they were rugged individualistic yeah. uh communities on the frontier and they couldn't rely on washington dc yeah. to supply them with uh with a cancellation yeah. device all the time so I, I mean, you go back any... to go you go back to conversations we had, like with with Cameron Blevins again to 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 bring him up. And yeah, I mean, it was so just everybody was switching back and forth. They were on the on the western frontier, and they were essentially bored. They get you know they, they're small towns. They don't have a ton of things to do. That's why these 
fancy cancels are so rare, one, two, three in existence, because not a lot of mail was mailed out of these places. And, the, you know, uh, they didn't have much to do. Exactly, exactly. So I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else who employed these in the same way. Obviously, you get into pictorial first day cover, uh, first day cancellations right. and things later on. But in the 19th century, I think this is more or less a uniquely American phenomenon. I mean, something like this. Bully uh, was a, uh, if they conscript the right kind, we shall enjoy to see the ninth filled up. And speaking mildly, we all say bully for the conscription act. This is a civil war era patriotic mm -hmm. term, I guess. And here they, you can see bully, uh, you know, didn't mm -hmm. have much of a concept for which way the letters pointed, but uh, bully nonetheless. Um, <laughs> Also, I mean, this one says, love you. I like to think that was the postmaster, uh, you know, um, doing something for his, uh, his sweetheart or something. Um, this is one of the front cover items, Rutherford B. Hayes. Great. Mm -hmm. One of the few unique Waterbury strikes uh, devices. So this is from Waterbury, Connecticut. It is the only one. There is no other uh, Hayes Waterbury cancellation, which I think is just absolutely yeah. remarkable. Um, Hayes and Wheeler the the uh highlight of the entire collection the only one known from carmel new york which is 30 minutes from where i'm sitting right now um just i, I don't know i don't know what else to say about that cover imagine a postmaster today making a trump pence or biden harris cancellation and using yeah. that on their mail during the election that would be on the front page of every paper they'd be yeah. fired it would be um uh, it would be such a scandal. Um, and the postmaster yeah, yeah. of Carmel was like, I'm going to put my political opinions into a cancellation device. Uh, another mm -hmm. Hayes and Wheeler. Um, just some great, great things. Chicago Postal History. Um, there you can see Chicago before the fire. That's one reason Chicago Postal History is rare is because so much of the correspondences must have been destroyed by the fire mm -hmm. in the 1850s. So anything, I would say 1870s. So anything pre-fire is very rare. Um, mm -hmm. Do you know about the Chicago perfs? Chicago perfs? <clears throat> yeah, do you know about the Chicago perfs? I guess I don't. What stamp would you say that is? Uh, 10 or 11. But it has perfs. Yeah. So, so it's gotta be 26, 26, right? 26, 25, yeah. It's actually, a, um, it's an 11 but they added parts to it. In Chicago, um, there was a gentleman who uh, took a sewing machine, basically. Or no, yeah, mm -hmm. no that's, that's not true. It was equivalent to a sewing machine. And, um, uh, and made perforations uh, in sheets of, of imperforate stamps. So uh, not an official government perforation, but a, uh, uh, an early type of perforation nonetheless. Um, hmm. Floyd's Penny Post Green, that's one of two on cover, the other one's on a three cent stamped envelope. So the, uh, the, the brown and the blue Floyd stamps are more common. Um, the green is exceptionally rare. Uh, again, only two known. Scott's $20,000 on that. Um, that's wow. the first adhesive post, uh, postage stamp ever used out of Chicago. Really? Yes, prior to this, it was all hand stamps. This is from 1844. It's a local stamp for Wells Letter Express with the Wells Letter Express um, uh, little circular hand stamp in the top left. But yeah, that's the earliest recorded adhesive stamp out of Chicago. 
So, so um, to clarify, is this the earliest recorded stamp or the earliest recorded use of the earliest recorded stamp? This is actually the first stamp out of Chicago. Okay. So as the, far as we know, this is so the first time a use. postage stamp was applied to a letter in Chicago. Okay. That's even better. That's... The stamp was used in a number of cities. So there might be an earlier yeah. use from a different city, but this is the first one to come out of Chicago. Right. Um, great. Uh, no extension of slavery. Abe Lincoln, uh, patriotic labels. Oh, that's really nice. Th this is kind of the one I'll, I'll wrap up with. Yeah. I may race yeah. through the rest of the catalog, but this cover is just a, an absolute masterpiece in every way. Um, mm -hmm. What happened, you see the stamp in the upper right. That's a, that's a yeah. 1857 number 26. And they yeah. used it after the demonetization of postage stamps in 1861. So the Civil War breaks out. The North doesn't want the South to have any legal tender or anything. They mm -hmm. uh, demonetize all stamps and they give people a window to take your pre-1861 stamps. This would have been the 1847, 51, and 57 issues. And you could mm -hmm. trade them in for new postage stamps. You mm -hmm. could uh, exchange them for stamps that were valid. Um, it's one of the reasons why mint stamps pre-1861 are so rare is because most people wouldn't have wasted three cents. That right. was a significant, right. you know, it's like wasting 58 cents or whatever today. This person maybe didn't get the memo, maybe thought they'd try and be a bit uh, cheeky and uh, tried to use an 1857 stamp in 1861. It got stamped old stamps not recognized and it got stamped held for postage. Mm -hmm. They had to provide a new 1861 three cent stamp in order to get this sent to Boston. Four cities created old stamps, not recognized markings. Okay. Uh, Chicago is one of the rarest. Philadelphia is quite common. I think there's 25 mm -hmm. or so known. So <laughs> super common. Um, mm -hmm. but, but Chicago, there's only four known. This is the nicest cover. So on top of that, you've got the Chicago supplementary mail cancel uh, you've got just so much going on here that is so extraordinary. This is, um, this is one of the, the finest known, um, Chicago covers of any issue, any marking. This is just a, a gem in yeah. every regard. Um, and then again, more Chicago postal history, um, the gin barrel, they've made a little yeah. gin barrel cancel, yeah, like that. uh, pool table, KK in a coffin, uh, shields, flags, grids, stars, you name it. Um, just some, some really neat stuff. Um, then general Illinois postal history with steamboats, RPOs, uh, forwarding agents. And then we get into the general U S postal history with some great stuff, uh, 505 used on a non-philatelic cover. I, yeah, I saw that. I really, really liked that. From Texas. Gorgeous cover, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Um, 505 being the error. So that was a five cent yeah. stamp in a two cent sheet of stamps. Mm -hmm. um, you know, military, patriotics, great Buffalo International uh, Fair um, uh, Expo cover from what year is that? 1897, I want to say. Great Expo covers, great postal history, lots, machine cancels, uh, some early ones. A really fun catalog to put together. Um, something yeah. I'm really proud of. Again, you remember when I went to Chicago to pick it up? I brought it back. I do. I do. Um, I spent months of my life putting this whole thing together, mm -hmm. and I'm really proud of how it turned out. And this will be live online 
within the day or two, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed. Perfect. So keep an eye on hrharmer.com for that. But uh, yeah, that's, that's all I've got. I feel like I, I rambled a bit much. So I, no, 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 that was perfect. As, as it goes live, we will throw those um, auctions, the links to them in the description, into the show notes um, on YouTube. So we'll keep that updated as it, as it goes live, but we'll throw the links to both mine and the other two that you showed us in the uh, links if everybody wants to take a look at those. Yes. Yeah. I, again, yeah. we should put out all of our, um, uh, all of our, our links in the comment, in the description. Um, mm-hmm. But I am really looking forward to doing this and I'm really glad that we got a chance to talk about it this morning. Yeah. We, we don't do s- stuff like this often. Um, and, but I feel like we've both, yeah, been working so hard on these, on these lots, trying to get them ready, trying to get them together that um, yeah, it was, it was fun to be able to share what we've been working towards with, with you, with the, with those, you know, four phenomenal auctions. And and then. uh, No, again, this is, this has been great. And if anybody has any questions, tweet at us, let us know, Um, uh, you know, both about the material itself and about the process, I think are, um, uh, I think are both interesting. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And uh, I'm going to go do final edits on this catalog so that we can finally get it out to the world. (laughs) Yeah, um, that sounds perfect. I'm going to continue writing um, and updating descriptions on the British material. So we're both working from home today. Yeah, um, I was going to say ha- happy Labor Day. Let's go. Uh, let's go yeah. labor for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Um, okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and um, we'll see you guys uh, next time. We'll talk to you again real soon. All right.